This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. Yeah, off and running on a Saturday, November 4th. Hey there, welcome in. It is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. How's everybody feeling today? How's everybody living today? We are at week nine in the NFL. Already week nine. You blink and it's week nine. You blink and it's panic time for for Nick fans. The baseball season is officially over, which is important because now we get to once again talk about the Yankees and Mets. Their season's been over for a very long time, but now the actual baseball season's over. So we get to the offseason. And we all know if you're not a playoff team, the exciting time is the offseason. That's where, where hope comes back into the picture. So we got a lot of stuff to get into today, along with Harvey and Joe. Big show lined up. The number, of course, you know, 1 800 919 ESPN. Did I say 1 900? 1 800. 1 800. Don't call 1 900. That's a different line. 1 800 919 ESPN. You can find me on Twitter, on Instagram, at Gordon Damer, on TikTok at Old Man Radio, but most importantly, right here on your radio until noon. Now, we got a lot of things to get into. But I think the most pressing thing, and we'll get into the Knicks because last night's Nick performance, there's oh, it's Nick fans are never far away from panic mode. I would think of all the fan bases in this town, no fan base resides closer to panic time consistently than Nick fans. But I wanted to open up today with the Giants. Giants coming off that performance a week ago against the Jets and now get ready to face off against the Raiders. Hard to believe that you could have a team that is two and six on the year, but yet somehow is still kind of interesting. And this might be the last interesting week for the Giants. Kind of depends on how it goes. Taking on a Raiders team that is, whoo boy, talk about if you wanted a definition of a dumpster fire. That's the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. The Raiders as an organization are a complete mess. They come out of the John Gruden. Think about this. They come out of the John Gruden mess. They give the job at that point to that guy, the guy Rich Basaggia. I think he was the special teams coach or whatnot. They salvage that season. They get into the playoffs. And they let that guy go to sign Josh McDaniels to a six-year contract. Could you, is it possible to screw up anything more? Screw things up, fix it, and then screw it up on your own and make it a thousand times worse. But I digress. This is a game for the Giants where they can't lose, right? They're walking in against the team that just fired its head coach, just fired its GM, just fired its offensive coordinator. And... It it seems like people are breaking it down of either the Giants have to win this game or, man, the Giants are walking into a really bad spot because the Raiders are not, the players themselves are ecstatic that Josh McDaniels is out. So if they're ever going to show any signs of life, it's going to be this week taking on a Giants team that's two and six on the season. And you know what? Before we get too deep into this, I've heard a lot of, with the Giants. Well, if they had just won the Bills game, you know, they're not that far off from being 4-4. Four and four. They're not that far off from being 0-8. Oh the two wins they got, 
went right down to the wire, and they pulled them out of the fire at the last second. So for all the talk about, well, they should have won the Jet game, they should have won the Bills game, the Cardinals and the Washington games weren't exactly blowouts. So for all the talk about, oh, it could be 4-4, four four, they could be 0-8. But as for this game this week, to me, this is the difference. It, how you view this game is the difference between are you looking short-term or are you looking long-term? Short-term, of course. I, I, we got to win this game. You can't lose the Raiders. You got to salvage something out of this season and you can't lose to a team with a coach who's never coached a game before in his life, a quarterback in Aiden O'Connell, who uh, I know he's played before, but just barely. You can't lose that game. You can't get your quarterback back. You can't get healthier as we hit week nine of the season and then go and lose to a team that right now is kind of the punchline for... The NFL. The Raiders as an organization are kind of one of the punchlines of the NFL. And I think there are a lot of Giant fans that are looking short-term or like, well, we got to salvage something. We can't lose the rest of the games. And I would just simply say, as someone in the, in the long-term camp, salvage what? What are you salvaging? The best you can do is finish middle of the road. What does that do for you? What does finishing in the middle of the road do for you? What does finishing 7-10 and 10 do for you? Can you actually convince yourself that it's not as bad as what it looks like if you win a couple of meaningless games here the rest of the way? We came into the season wondering, hey, can the Giants build on last season? It was a fair question. It, it seemed fair at the time to think, okay, maybe they can close the gap. But here we are in week nine, and we didn't even need to get to week nine. But we, here we are in week nine, and we got the answer. The answer is an emphatic no. The Giants are not a good team. So if they finish 7-10, and 10, if they finish 6-11, uh, uh, and 11, whatever they finish, they are going to have a bad season, and last season is the outlier. Six of the last seven years... The Giants have started two and six or worse. Two and six or worse. That, that is a bad organization. 2017, they were one and eight. 2018, they were one and seven. 2019, two and six. 2021 and seven. Do you sense a trend here? The Giants are not a good organization. They are not talented enough at this point to compete with even good, forget about the elite teams, just good teams. So for all the giant fans, I don't want to lose, I don't want to tank, I would simply ask you, what are you getting out of winning a meaningless game? A win against the Raiders is the ultimate window. It's completely superficial. You know what it's like? You ever see when they sell those, uh, like, T-shirts that, like, hide your beer gut? That's what a win against the Raiders is. It makes, you, it makes it look a little bit better. It's not actually better, but it looks a little bit better. It's spanks. It's the NFL. The Giants beating the Raiders is the NFL version of spanks 
You're not actually fixing the problem. It just makes it look a little better. The ability to fool yourself thinking that it's better than it was. That's what last year was. 2020. That also was a year where it was like, like the year where you, what was that, 2020 when, when the Eagles screwed you at the end? Oh, we could have made the playoffs. You were 6-10. and 10. So to me, where you're at in terms of the Raider game or the rest of the season, it's the difference between short-term and long-term thinking. If you're sitting there saying, well, I, you know, I just want to have fun watching my team on a Sunday, I, I get it. No one roots for their team to lose during the game. Nobody say, hey, Daniel Jones threw another interception. Yes, if you're a Giant fan. Yeah. No, I get that. But as soon as the game is over, you have to walk away from the game, no matter where it is, realizing in the long run, this is better. And nobody wants to think about the long run. Like Nobody wants to eat grilled chicken and vegetables. We would all love to be cheeseburgers and pizza every meal. But it's the difference between short, do you want your gratification now or later? Saving money, same thing. It's not as fun as going out and buying a bunch of cool stuff. At this stage of my life, eating is like 90% of my joy. Absolutely it is. I've said many ridiculous things on the air. That one stands the test of time. But in the long run, at least there can be a payoff. So if you beat the rate, yippee, then what? And the signs, I mean, man, oh, man, the signs could not be any clearer. And I've heard people, well, I don't want to I don't want to root for my team to lose. I heard Don on the K show the other day saying, well, if they lose all these games, that's a sign that my coach is bad, that my team is bad. The team is bad. <laughs> Whether you lose these games or not, the team is bad. What more signs do you need to see? Every year they start two and six or worse. By DVOA, the, the defense-adjusted value over that, that, that stat that they use, the, this is the worst Giants team through this point of the season since, like, 81. They get crushed by elite teams. Everyone knew that this was a complete rebuild since, the, since Shane and, and Dable walked in the door. And you're midway through a brutal season. There is no salvaging this. It's too late to turn back. It's too late to turn back. Now, like that song, it's too late to turn back now. It's too late. Full steam ahead. So I would simply ask Giant fans this. If I could give you one of two scenarios, I could either allow you to win some games this year the rest of the way, beat Washington. Uh, you're not going to beat the Eagles. Maybe you split against the Eagles because the Eagles don't need the game at the end of the season. But let's one scenario is you go eight and nine and you squeak into the NFC playoffs as the number seven seed. I'll give you that. That's one option. Or the second option is second pick in the draft. What would you rather have? What do you think would be better for the Giants? Making the playoffs for a second straight year and being able to delude yourself. Hey, we're just like these guys. Or would it be, you know what? Let's lose the majority, if not all these games, and have the second pick in the draft and have a hard reset for where this organization is at. For me, it would not even be close. And I would say, if you're of the, hey, I want to make it as the seventh seed as eight, at eight and nine so I can get drilled by whoever the number one, the Eagles or or, or whoever, the, 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 the Niners, as if we hadn't seen the Giants get drilled by the Eagles or the Niners recently. 
if you're in that camp, there might not be any greater sign of how far the Giants have fallen that you would rather make the playoffs just to get exposed. So to me, man, it is what it is, Ben. It's too late to turn back and, and think, well, it's just the Raider game. Think about the difference sometimes one game makes. And if you need to know how much of a difference, go ask the Jets. 2020, they win two games instead of one game. And how much of a difference has that made? Anyone still celebrate? What did they beat? The Rams and the Browns that year? Anybody still celebrating those wins? It's too late, baby, to turn back now. Full steam ahead. And I get it. The play, I'm not, this is not about the players. Players aren't going to tank. Coaches aren't going to tank. But if you're a giant fan and, and they lose the Raiders on Sunday, it will be tough to make it through those three and a half hours. But when it's over, at least you can bathe in the knowledge of this is what's best for the long term. And when there's nothing good in the short term, the long term play, baby, is all you got. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. 1-800-919-3776. So coming up, get more into the Giants. And look, I laid it out. This week, the best thing for the Giants long-term is a loss. There's just one single problem with that. And I'll tell you what it is coming up. Now back to the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. Yep, people. It's too late. This perfect song. What a job by Harvey and Joe. Too late to turn back now. My mama told me yes. She said, Son, I feel like we should have a little sing-along or something. You don't, you don't hear a lot of sing-alongs on Sports Talk Radio, and I feel like the medium is the, is the worst for it. It's too late to turn back now, Giant fans. You're in the middle of it. What's the path forward? Winning a couple of meaningless games? Oh, no. Keep it going, Harvey. I love it. Yeah. He's telling you. It's too late. The offensive line, offensive line, it's really, really bad. It's too late to turn back now. The season is not the salvageable. All right, you can so, Harvey, I would add, you're our resident Giant fan on this show. I give you two buttons in front of you. Either A, you can press make the playoffs at like 8 and 9. Or the second button, you get the second pick in the draft. What is better for you as a Giant fan? The second pick in the draft. As much yeah, as I hate... As much as I hate not wanting to extend the season to the playoffs, mm-hmm. like last year, right? I mean, I already know that the, the movie's going. Right, you have to dramatically improve the. You know, we talk about all these different things about the coach, about the quarterback, about the offensive line. When the real pro, they have to it, uh, greatly improve the overall talent. How do we do that? Well. I think their cap situation will be a little bit better, obviously, after this year. I think it kind of clears up after this year, after the Gettleman disaster years. But also, you'd feel a whole lot better about things if you have a really high pick in the draft to kind of reset where the organization is at and where it's going. Because 
there's a lot of quarterbacks coming out this year. And, and if you're not a big believer in those quarterbacks, there will be a team that is a believer in one of those quarterbacks. And you can get a king's ransom in terms of, of, of trading for that, trading your pick for a, a slew of picks to move down and, and, and get more shots at the dartboard. So um, uh, to me, it's not even close what the, uh, the, the focus should be. Now, I mentioned there before the break, it all makes perfect sense. It's all laid out perfectly. There's just one problem. The problem is the Giants are probably going to win this week. You know, the fact that they have the embarrassment of that Jet game, you know that ownership can't be happy being right back in the doldrums uh, of where they were before last year. Daniel Jones is back this week, and, and he has got to be, I don't know, if motive, I'm sure he's always motivated, but he's got to be locked in extra special after seeing the team be functional with Tyrod Taylor. And, and the opponent you're taking on is a team with a rookie quarterback who's never and has not really played. You got a head coach who's coaching his first game. You got an offensive coordinator who was the quarterback's coach until like three days ago. And a, and a loss, I'm not going to lie to you and say that a loss in that spot would not be brutal. It would, it would look really bad on Brian Dable. But here's the thing. Brian Dable is not getting fired this year. There's almost no scenario where Brian Dable gets fired this year. Now, if they lose games 100 to nothing, yeah, okay, fine. He's not getting fired. John Mara is not going down. He didn't want to fire Joe Judge. And that was even worse. So there's no way after the, 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 the number of, 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 of coaches the Giants have fired after two years, they're not going to fire Brian Dable. No matter how bad this season, the Giants lose out. They're not firing Brian Dable. You're not going to fire the reigning coach of the year after a bad year for an organization that outside of that one year has been dreadful. They've Outside of last year, since like 2016, they've averaged like four wins. So that's not the problem for Brian Dable. A loss to the Raiders would not be a, a major, to me, a major problem. What is a problem is if year three, if next year looks like this year, there ain't going to be a next year after that. That's where the trouble arises. So as bad as a loss the Raiders would be, that's salvageable. This spot that the Giants find themselves in, they got to do something dramatic to get themselves out of this spot. So to me, it's, the, it's clear. If you gave me two options, either make the playoffs as a fraud team, even more of a fraud team than you were last year. At least last year, you could kind of delude yourself. First year of the new regime, they come in, they win, and you want a playoff game. This year, it would be the ultimate, there would be a textbook definition of what a fraud team looks like. Eight and nine, making the playoffs and getting, and getting wiped in the, in, the, in the first game that you play. All right, let's go to the phones. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. Bobby is in Matawan. Bobby, first up on the Gordon Damer Show. Hey, Gordon, how you doing? I'm um, good, Bobby. You know, I, I, I agree with you that it's probably over for this season, but I am thoroughly disappointed with the Giants this year. I had high expectations for the Giants. Um, I think Danny Dimes is a legitimate quarterback. I think he's been playing his butt off. But he's running for his life, and the Giants' offensive line has been terrible since Eli Manning, and that's 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 undisputable. Um, they have great running back. These young receivers have proven that they can catch the ball. I thought that they were going to be decent, and the, 
problem really is, if you look at it, the coach. I mean, he lost them two games this year, guaranteed. It was his fault they lost two games. And if he had a game plan for, for Dan Jones that was, you know, dink and dunk, get rid of the ball quickly because your offensive line stinks, I think they're a much better football team. Well, look, uh, Bobby, and thanks for the phone call. I'm not going to tell you that he didn't lose games. Uh, I think that the amount of criticism he got for the uh, the Jet game is a little bit unfair in that he was playing. Everybody keeps saying, well, if you have a backup quarterback who you don't trust to throw the ball, he's not the backup. He's the third-string quarterback. That's the problem. There's, there's no teams that have good third-string quarterbacks. Most teams don't have good backup quarterbacks. Looking at the Jets. Most teams don't have good backup quarterbacks, never mind third-string quarterbacks. And his game plan of not throwing the ball and not allowing Tommy DeVito to throw the ball, it almost worked. He almost was actually able to get a win. It was only like the most perfect scenario of, of, of things that happened between penalties and Zach Wilson pulling a throw out of his rear end and, and a missed field goal, all these different things. So um, here's the thing. Last year was building your foundation on sand. It was not real. And it seemed unbelievable at the time, but we all got caught up in the hoop. I mean, how are they able to do this? And now we've seen they're, they're still that team that, that this regime took over, the team that has averaged four wins a year. How is it? Is that just bad coaching? No, it's bad talent. It's going to take a while to kind of get. Now, the Giants are one of the younger teams. Hopefully, things are trending in the right direction. The problem is, in an offensive league, it seems like outside of, like, the left tackle, the whole offense, like he was saying that the wide, rece- the wide receivers stink. Darren Waller's always hurt. They got to they gotta revamp the whole offense, basically, including the, I mean, we're still talking about the offensive line. Oh, my God. God, we're still talking about the offensive line. So I think it's it's still the heavy lifting is still to be done, and the the um, the situation with the cap is going to clear up after this year. They'll have some money to spend, so that's a good part of it. I would like to, and I don't know, maybe Joe Shane is just the latest uh, incompetent guy to run the, the the GM spot for the Giants. I don't know, maybe. But I want, to get, I want to be able to find that out after this year. And how I find that out after this year is to give him as much ammunition as I can to let's go see what his decisions look like. So if that's the second pick in the draft, if that's the third pick in the draft, if that's the fourth pick in the draft, that's what it is. And, and just to get back to like Brian Dable's um, his, his job security, Next year has to look a whole lot better than this year, and but even if it doesn't look a whole lot better, what's the thing that you, is going to get him the most time? A young quarterback, and I, and I think that that's it's almost certainly the way that they're going to have to go after this year. It, it, it just kind of depends on where they're picking in the draft, and if they're picking, if they're winning some, if they're if they're winning some meaningless games here the rest of the way, which at this point every win is going to be a meaningless win the rest of the way. Um, you're going to be picking in the middle of that first round, and it's going to be more difficult to identify a real difference maker at the quarterback position there than somewhere else. You know, like, there's success stories in the middle of the draft at quarterback. But generally, those guys, the reason why they're successful, not just because they're talented, but they're coming into a better spot, 
right? It, it, you're better off getting drafted later in the first round because you're coming in and there's a little bit of an infrastructure around of talent. Being a bad team drafting, I don't know that they would, it would hit at the same rate. All right, let's go back to the phones. 1-800-919-ESPN. A Pete is on Staten Island. Pete, next up on the Gordon Damer Show. Yeah, good morning. Uh, I can't uh, uh, agree with you more. Uh, as a matter of fact, I've been being a, a whole group of people who I have our own football group have been screaming for weeks upon weeks uh, prior to the deadline about getting rid of these veteran contracts, uh, at least two, if not three. And they got rid of one in Leonard Williams. And it should have, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, they should have tried to move a Dory at least a week before the deadline. Uh, that game against the Jets where they basically put Shane in a, a position of a day and a half to get rid of these expiring contracts was ridiculous. Uh, you know, they had till 4 p.m. Uh, to uh, possibly – uh, re readjust the Dory's contract, which they didn't do, so they could have made some kind of move there, uh, and possibly Paris Campbell. What the what the hell is the use of him and other people? The narrative that was set by Gettleman, going back to Gettleman, where you can you can win or compete while you rebuild, is a bad narrative to have. All right, uh, you cannot do that. You got to build through the draft. And, and and go forward from there. These meaningless games uh, are ridiculous, totally ridiculous. I mean, you know, who cares if we win three or four games or, or from here or whatever? I mean, where does that put them? It, it just doesn't make sense. But this all goes back to upstairs and their narrative. You know, I had an argument with John Schmelk a couple of weeks ago about this. He says, Pete, nobody in this building is thinking about that about the way you're presenting it. Well, you know, that's that's ridiculous because, you know, again, what are four or five wins going to mean? What what does it mean? It's not – I kept trying to explain to John, this is not about this year. It's about the next two to, let's say, seven years. Build it right. Go the right direction. It doesn't make sense. You can't go short-term and and just continue to think that you can go year to year – on this broken process, it, yep. it it cannot work, and that's all I got. All right, Pete. Yeah, I I, I mean, I can't. I can't. You're agreeing with me. I'm agreeing with you. We're both on the same page. And to hear that, well, nobody's thinking about that in the building. Maybe they should be thinking about that in the building. And it does seem like that they they should have embraced this at the time. I get it. You're not going to do this at the start of the season. You don't want to just throw away a year, especially, you know, the criticism the Giants have gotten for bringing back Daniel Jones to me is completely unfair. You're not going to move off a quarterback you drafted in the first round when he finally has a good year with good coaching, and it seems like you're on the upswing after the year they had a year ago. So I don't blame them for bringing him back or paying him $40 million. All that stuff is nonsense. But now you are where you are. And you're stuck with him for this year, and you're stuck with him for next year. So I think that at this point, the turnaround spot is kind of 2025. I don't even know that it necessarily – now, it's, it should be better next year than it is this year, but whether or not it's really – whether or not you really can see the, the, the light at the end of the tunnel, I think that that's going to come 2025. And last year, it seems like now, was the worst thing that could have happened. 
because it, it loaded up the fan base with complete, and maybe the, the organization with completely unrealistic expectations. It forced them to bring back the quarterback. It forced them to bring back Saquon. It just feels like a complete mess of a situation. And this is not to blame all the past. I'm talking about from this point right now, November 4th, what can we do now to start getting this moved in the right direction? The biggest problem the Giants have is not coaching. It's not quarterback. It's not offensive line. It's overall talent. They have to improve. So what is the best thing moving forward now? Is it beating the Raiders and and getting some some superficial wins or is it whatever however high up I can get in the draft that's where I got to be and the play and the implementation of the plan has to start now 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number 1-800-919-3776 let's go to uh, Malik is in New Jersey Malik Malik yes hey what's going on not much, man. Uh, you can't blame the coaches, man. The fans, the fans wanted Daniel Jones. If the coaches would have never gave him the forty million dollars, the fans would have uh, would have ate him up. Absolutely. Now they're not happy that they gave him the money. You can never satisfy New York Giants fans, man. Well, I think you can. I think you have to win some games, though. Uh, I think they seemed pretty satisfied last year. So to say you can't satisfy I, them is not true. But now I think that's an inside job on Daniel Jones. They're trying to get rid of him. They left them in the game against the Cowboys, forty nothing. What they were looking for the guy to get hurt or something, and now just get rid of him, man. Give that contract to somebody else. Well, the, the, the problem, and Malik, thanks for the phone call. The problem is, no, I mean, who's taking that contract? Who, who's taking Daniel? Jo- Daniel Jones is a questionable starter, even for the Giants, right? Like if you're saying that the Giants don't look at him as the long-term solution at quarterback, a, a team that has been for almost what half a decade been one of the worst organizations in football. I don't know that anybody else is is rushing to the um rushing to the phones to to be making that trade. No, there there were opportunities for the Giants to sell off some more pieces and and kind of get uh whatever they could of value moving forward because this ain't it. And 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 more so for the Giants it's not that long ago that you saw what good football looked like. I realize we all have short attention spans now, myself included, but this ain't it, man. And, and, and Giant fans know that. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number, 1-800-919-3776. Coming up, more on the Giants and the Raiders. we got to talk some Jets football as well. They just came off a must-win game. What's, that? What's next for the Jets? Another must-win game. It's the Gordon Damer Show. It's 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. Now back to the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. For the Giants, you can't always get what you want. I've already said that, Mick. But sometimes you just might find you get what you need. The Giants got what they needed last week. They pulled a loss out of the fire when it looked like they might have gotten a meaningless win against the Jets. And in the long run, that's the best thing for the Giants. And for the Jets, they desperately needed They could not lose that game last week. And look at that. They didn't get what they wanted. They didn't get Zach Wilson going out there and throwing for 250 and and three touchdowns. They didn't get a blowout win against the hapless Giants team playing with a quarterback who couldn't throw the ball or wasn't allowed to throw the ball. They didn't get what they wanted. But they got what they needed. It's the Gordon Damer Show. It's 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. 
A couple other things about the Giants, which I find fascinating and, 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 and looking forward to the, the, to the draft and everything else. Let's say the Giants are, are, are picking third, right? And Caleb Williams comes out this year. Is it really that out of the realm of possibility? It looks like right now Cardinals, Bears are probably going to be picks one and two. And, and right now it looks like the best the Giants could hope for is, is picking third. Is it really that outlandish to think that Caleb Williams could come out this year and say, you know, I, I don't want to play for the Bears. I, I don't want to play for the Cardinals. It's happened before. Quarterback at the top of the draft didn't want to play for the organization that was going to draft him. And that one worked out pretty good for the Giants. I Look, it's, it's unlikely, but I don't think it's impossible. I don't think it's impossible. All right, let's talk a little bit uh, uh, about the Jets because uh, they got a big game themselves this week. What I think the biggest takeaway for me was from last week in terms of, of Zach Wilson, and, and to hear people, his performance until the end of that game, and it got lost in the win, his performance was a major step back. That Those first three quarters and plus until the last, what, 39 seconds in overtime, that looked a lot like Zach Wilson from last year. Running backwards, missing a wide open, wide uh, running back in the flat, holding the ball for too long. That looked a lot like last year. And the biggest takeaway from all of that was, it, it's clear, man. The Jets uh, coaching staff does not trust Zach Wilson until they have nothing left to lose. Until until that game looked lost, they did not trust him to make the plays that he made in those final, what was it, 30 seconds and, and overtime. And, and in each week that we get further away from that Chiefs game, I think maybe we forget... He didn't look really good in that game until they were down 17-0. So, so moving forward to this week, this week is the same as last week. This is a must-win, must-win game. Because if, if playoffs are the goal, it's pretty clear-cut who's in. It's going to be the Chiefs. It's going to be the Ra- You're battling probably for two spots. To me, I would say in the AFC, it's Chiefs, Ravens, Jaguars, Bills, and Bengals. I think the Dolphins are going to kind of come back to the pack here. Uh, so it's two spots for Dolphins, Steelers, Chargers, Jets, Browns. Two of those teams are going to get in there. So uh, th- th- that's what you're battling for. So this is basically a chance for the Jets to not only improve themselves, but knock down one of those other teams in the Chargers. And, and let's be honest, the Chargers are the, the perfect example of a team that is a fraud. Like each and every week you look at them and, you, and, and, and I came up with this the other night uh, with Larry. Justin Herbert is the perfect quarterback for the Chargers because they're a fraud team and Justin Herbert is an NFL catfish. A catfish is something that you look at for one and it looks really, really good. But then the longer you look at it, and, and maybe you meet it in person, when you get that real up-close look, it don't look like how it looked like in pictures. And we see highlights of Justin Herbert all the time, and he's zipping the ball here, and he's throwing 50 yards, and he's running for first downs. But somehow they're still losing games. 
He is an absolute, he is the perfect example of an NFL cash, a catfish. Less than the sum of its parts. It looks great at times. You think you say, wow, this guy's unbelievable. He's one of the top quarterbacks in the league. But there's just enough there that it always kind of goes wrong. Every, it's, it's pretty well documented. And maybe it's because the, the, the Chargers are on the West Coast and we're not really paying attention to them unless, you know, one of your teams plays the Chargers. You're not watching them week in and week out. He is an NFL catfish. Should be really good. And at times will look unbelievable. Wow. Look at this. Uh-oh. It's good from far, but it's far from good. All right, let's go back to the phones. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. 1-800-919-3776. Let's go up to uh, Justin. Is in Dobbs Ferry. Justin, next up on the Gordon Damer Show. Hey, man. What's good? Good morning, Gordon. How are we doing? I'm good, Justin. Uh, going be- before Thursday night's game, it's crazy that Will Levis had four touchdown passes and combined Tyrod Taylor and Daniel Jones had four touchdown passes. <laughs> you know, it's just like, you know, I understand, like, losing, but, like, I have to see some sort of good off, like, could I get like an offensive series that's like good? Like, you know, I, we're averaging 11 points a game. It's like, it's, it's brutal to watch. I know that game was in the rain last week and there was no offense, but like you know, Thomas is back this week. Can we just see some positive, you know, movement of the ball and like positive play calling? I don't know if it's Kafka or, or Dable, you know, uh, it just, the, the, the offensive scheme just seems so putrid that they're not even they can't even get a, you know they don't even have the confidence enough to get a first down like on fourth and one when Graham Gano was hurt on a 47 yard field goal in, in the in the rain and the wind so I don't know what that this offense is doing I don't know what Kafka and Dable are doing well look I, I think it's kind of tough thanks for the phone call I, it's they're kind of in a tough spot they're not a talented team to begin with the offensive line was a complete disaster even by giant standards it was a complete disaster to start the year, and then you lose Thomas and and you lose other pieces along that offensive line, which was not a strength to begin with. You have a quarterback back there who doesn't have really good weapons, and then he loses Saquon after the Arizona game. So that makes it more difficult. And then last week, you're, you're not even on your second string. You're on your third string quarterback, so it's just been kind of a mess. So the good news, if you're looking for some positivity, is that the offensive line is getting healthier. Jones is back this week. Uh, but it's not. We came into the year wondering about these weapons. They've upgraded the weapons. The Giants have bottom five weapons in the NFC. You take a look at every team in the, in the NFC, and really probably every team in, in the NFL. There's very few teams that you would say, boy, their weapons are even worse than the Giants. They, have, they need a complete overhaul on the offensive side of the ball. Danny is on Long Island. Danny, go. Good morning, Gordon. Now, if the Giants want to be optimistic, it's that the football guards have given them a team to play this weekend that just fired about everybody on the team. As far as I can say, bench the quarterback, fired the coach, fired the OC, and I have all kinds of new people. They'll be inspired. It'll also be a rookie quarterback. And remember, they're playing in Vegas, which means it's going to be a giant home game because I watched the Steelers play there a few weeks ago. There's no home field advantage for, for, for Vegas now, especially in the winter, because every northern team is putting 15,000 uh, fans in the crowd to gamble for the weekend to watch a game. So the Giants couldn't have, couldn't have gotten an easier patsy uh, coming off the jet debacle. So they, they don't win this game. They at least have a professional quarterback playing. So we'll see what happens. But you're 100% right. They don't have the weapons. You know, I'm watching my Steelers the other night. The quarterback is questionable, but there's weapons. You look at 
the uh, the Titans. They're starting a rookie quarterback, but they got weapons. Johnson, Derrick Henry. They got mm-hmm. there's, there's a game plan. There's there's something to do. They, they they can do things. What do the Giants do? What do they do? You know, they don't do anything. By the way, I disagree with your analysis of the AFC. Your your Miami Dolphins are far and away the number one team at this point because you have the one thing that no one else has, and that's Tariq Hill. He is so much a weapon that mm-hmm. nobody else has. Everybody's He's unbelievable. Is running back. He's unbelievable. He is the game changer. He absolutely is. I completely agree with you, Danny. Thanks for the phone call. Uh, and, and to me, you know, in, in my life, I have seen Jerry Rice. Uh, I've seen Randy Moss. Those two guys are head and shoulders to me above everybody else in the wide receiver position. He does it in a different way. To me, Tyreek Hill is getting he, hes getting into that conversation for third, man. He, he is unbelievable. And I get it. It, it. Almost like looking at the Chargers from afar. If you're watching the Dolphins from afar, you're like, this Damer guy talking. These, these guys are fantastic. They're unbelievable. Just wait. There's been plenty of years. Maybe not recently. There's been plenty of times me watching the Dolphins season highlights. There's a lot more in September, October than there are in November, December. That's all I'm saying. I get it. I understand why you would feel the way you do. I'm just saying give me some time to allow this to breathe, and we'll see how this goes. I, I, I have seen this movie before. Now back to The Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, what a show. And I don't want to get too deep into it before wishing one Harvey Cruz a very happy birthday. Harvey! It's your birthday tomorrow or today? No, the birthday is tomorrow. Tomorrow. All right. Well, yes, I wanted sir. to wish you a happy. Any big plans on the agenda for the, for the birthday? I'm going to go out to eat with my sisters mm-hmm. after work. Are you going to a diner or what? What, what are we doing? Nice no, restaurant? No, we're probably going to either Chili's, Red Lobster, or somewhere. Uh, somewhere probably more fancy. Okay. Or local. more fancy. Okay. Yeah. Look, you can't go wrong with a diner, my friend. Don't be, don't be, don't be downgrading diners. Diners, anything you want. They'll cook up anything you want. You want breakfast? You want lunch? You want dessert? Ooh, whatever time of day you want, they got it. Diners are the greatest invention in America. Let me ask you this: How do you rank pancakes, waffles, French toast? What's number one? What's the number one pick? I'd probably go waffle one, French toast two, pancakes three. Yeah, pancakes is a distant third. There's no question. You can't get them wet enough. No matter how I'm much sorry? you have to keep ordering and asking Excuse the guy for more syrup. You can't get them wet enough. They can't be moist enough. They can never get too moist. Just pouring that syrup on there. Now, French toast is number one to me. Waffles, I, I, you could create an argument. What kind get of a argument? crunch in there. Okay. The only problem with waffles, generally they bring it with fruit on top. Nobody wants that. You're not a fruit guy. No. Well, I am a fruit guy, but not with waffles. Waffles, this is, this is the time for food crime, right? This is butter. This is syrup. I don't, I don't need any healthy stuff at this point. This is not doing good deeds. This is not feeding the poor. This is time for, for food crime. This is really bad stuff that I'm going to regret in, in probably a couple of hours. If I had the power to, mm-hmm. I would spend an entire day at a diner, just a single diner, and just have my breakfast, lunch, and dinner at the diner. Why not? They people are go to, people awesome. go to, to to Chili's and and these places for for Sunday football. Go to a diner; they, they'll be happy to see you. I'm sure. Chili's is great. It, it, I haven't been there in a long time, but um, I remember back in the day that was they bring out those fajitas and they're sizzling. Oh, <laughs> they it's just like 
bring out those nachos. Everybody just devours them like they've never eaten food before. They had these like chicken, like these little like chicken, like popcorn chicken, mm-hmm. drizzled in like cheese and bacon, bacon bits. Oh, the best. Good, good times. Fried pickles are great too. Uh, now I know if I have to get you a, a gift, I I don't know that I'm going to see you today, so um, I I will get you a nice waffle maker. I oh, appreciate it, man. Yeah. I it's, mean, look, you could you could get that for yourself. You love you love waffles that much. I could. I don't have an, I don't really eat waffles that often. Right. Well, if you I had just a need wa- pancake think mix. about how often you would if you had a waffle maker. All I need is just pancake mix and that's it. Bang, you're good to go. Bang. You, you could always save up and get it yourself, right? Well, I mean, I it have, is your birthday. You could treat yourself. It's not like you're going to be buying any playoff tickets anytime soon. Wow. For a for what team? I'm going to the playoff the game tonight. Oh, the Giants. Okay. Well, look, yeah, you already got those tickets, and it seems like those ones. What was the line after Rocky won? There ain't going to be no rematch. It looks like tonight there might not be any rematch. Oh, I mean. After that 3 nil dis- disgraceful performance your team put up last time. It was rough. All right. Well, look, I want to be the first and, and hopefully not the last to wish you a very happy birthday. Thank you, my friend. Really All appreciate right. it. All right, that is Harvey Cruz. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. one 800 What does that mean? That was the Death Star for your earlier comments. About what? I think we'll hear them in later in the, in the show, so. Okay. I'm just, If you're right now driving around and you're confused by what Harvey's talking about, so am I. Just know we're on the same page. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. 1-800-919-3776. One hour down. Two more to go. Gordon Damer Show, 98.7 FM, ESPN, New York. You can't get them wet enough.